Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Tammy Trujillo, working hard in the newsroom. Girlfriend, what do you got going on today? Well, they, they think they've come up with a, a real reason a lot of people have insomnia. I'm guessing... Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm guessing it's the the old pets in the bed thing that that Alan Cable says yeah. you know the pets shouldn't be in the bed and we'll find out more in just a couple of minutes here but I don't if that, is, is that what it is did Fluffy I, and Fido yep yeah. did I blow your news story there I didn't mean to blow your news story there uh, but that you know what that's not really news I that's mean. not news anyone who's ever slept with a dog knows that all, all, automatically I, my dog. My wife will get up. The dog sits up, and she's a light sleeper, and I hear her say, Oh, Miles, you want a drink? And she actually goes and gets the dog's <laughs> bowl of water and brings it to the bed, and the dog the dog drinks in bed. Now, go off a bit if I need it, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's, that's not news. Does I, she get you a drink of water, too? I mean, of course not. No, I get nothing. Oh. I wake up. I think we all suffer, at least most of us suffer from it, and maybe we don't suffer from it, but I would say nine yes, out of ten people that are listening right now allow their animals into bed with them. And they've been told before that it's, you know, that's the cardinal rule. You're not supposed to do that. But we do that here. Tammy, I'm sure you do that. I'm sure there's like a million animals all around. Oh, yeah. Ladybug sleeps (laughs) in a crate. Oh, she does? She does. Oh, yeah. No, I started her out right when I, oh, yeah, she sleeps in a crate every night. She doesn't mind? No, it's her little den. And we, you know, when it's bedtime, we get up on the bed and we play with her for a couple minutes. And then I open the crate and say it's time to go to bed. And it's on my nightstand so she can see me. It's equal with my bed. So I'm only just a couple inches from her. But I open the crate, she crawls in and I close the door and she stays in there all night. Well, you're you're good. Yeah. Yeah. You are the 1%. (laughs) I started her off young. I thought, "Uh uh-uh. Well, whether you let your pets in bed or you don't, this is your radio show, Animal Radio. And also on the show today, our hero, our hero person of the week, Kitty Martin, she has a calf, a calf that lost both of its back, I believe, hoofs and legs, lower part of their legs, and she got prosthetics for this calf. Wow. Oh, how cool. To the tune of like $40,000, too. Wow. And she'll be our hero person coming up in just a couple of minutes. Let's go to the phones and talk to you right now. Hi, Roberta. Hi. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Buena Park, California. The beautiful L.A. area. What's going on? Uh, I have a really sick cat. I took him to the vet about a week ago, Tuesday, and um, they uh, kept him in the hospital. They had him on IVs. Uh, They had to hydrate him and whatever else they had to do. They did blood work, and they said he has a... um, a, uh, Liver problem and a mm, okay. that other thing called uh, bile something or other, and um, he doesn't eat. Um, I have to give him a pill, which if I can catch him, because he hides in the mm-hmm. corner, it's hard for me to get him. And, yeah, uh, that's a common cat owner problem is catching the cat for the pill. Well, you know he's he's he stays in that corner, and actually, uh, when he comes out to go to the bathroom, I can get him, but he doesn't like it, and normally he'll hide because he's in my room. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's been taking, um, I, I think I'll tell you the name of the product he's been taking. In fact, I can give it to him today because I can get a hold of him. It's called D-E-N-A-M-A-R-I-N. Denamarin, yes, okay. Okay, that's a pill. He has to take one today. And then he takes something like uh, moxicillin, I think, a liquid. Okay, yes, yes. Okay, well, that thing, I, unless somebody helps me, which they have a cat here that goes crazy, their own cat when they come in and touch him. But anyway, um, he hasn't had that medication today because they haven't got a hold and he's listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's 
Okay. And, All right. and as far as eating goes, um, they gave him a um, science diet thing. It's called A&D. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, from a whole week, he only went through one can, and the only way he could eat it is if I open his mouth and shove it in his mouth. Mm, okay. Okay. All right. So the meat... So he's not eating much of anything at all. Is he vomiting? No, uh, now he's not. But before he went to the doctor, he was. Okay. And how's his general attitude? His um, other than hiding, is he have energy or is he pretty listless? Uh, he, he seems a little bit better than what he was. Mm-hmm. Um, he won't come out. Yeah, he's right there in the corner. But he won't. Okay. He won't come out. And um, it kind of upsets me like crazy because I thought, I thought, oh my God, he's just waiting to die, you know. And I, yeah, I yeah. can't. Get and then. And Roberta, did the doctor say is he having any kind of yellow discoloration yes, to his that's gums? Yes, they found out he was jaundiced. Ah, okay, yeah, so he's jaundiced. Some, I guess his gums. Okay, so that's what they told me. In fact, I took him in last Tuesday, which has been a week, and he went through a can of food in a week. And I took him back Friday for a follow up, mm-hmm. and I came. I have to go back this Friday for I don't know what they're, they're supposed to do more blood work on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the challenge with cats with liver disease is because it isn't just one thing that causes the problem and the symptoms. When we get that yellow coloration, that's kind of the hallmark of a jaundice or a buildup of the bile pigments. Yeah, that's but the reality is that liver disease in cats can happen for a lot of reasons, and it's partly because the way that their whole digestive tract is tied together. Mm-hmm. Their liver, their small intestine, and their pancreas really are kind of all intimately associated. So when we get disease in one of those organs, we can get all the other ones to be kind of screwed up as well. Mm. So we can get a pet or a cat with liver disease that can even have pancreatitis, which isn't even the same organ, mm-hmm. um, or from small bowel disease. So so a lot of how we treat some of these things can be similar um, in many ways. But when we're dealing with liver disease, um, there's the decision on do we get a full diagnosis? Are we going to go for that liver biopsy and, and find out specifically what we're up against and That's what our um, best... Do. Yeah, so that would be the the best treatment. So but he's been urinating really good, so a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, not a lot, but when he goes, it's a lot. Yeah. And so just for our listeners, so liver biopsies are very valuable to help us give that direction and what we need to do to treat. But it's not always practical for every family. So if we're faced with liver disease, a lot of what your vet is trying would be exactly what I would try. Um, you know, a long course of an antibiotic, unfortunately, is one of the mainstays of treating for liver disease. And amoxicillin is fabulous. Sometimes I'll add in some other ones along with that. Um, but that's a challenge is we got to get that in. And ideally with that one, we want to get it in twice a day for three weeks, sometimes several months. I can't so get them, and, and there's nobody yeah. actually here to help me do, to do it. Yeah. Now, some other thoughts I generally have with cats with liver disease um, to help encourage them to eat, you know, definitely AD, which is kind of a um, kind of a canned food. We can make it liquefied, so you can actually give it by a syringe if he'll tolerate oh, that. Um, that's one thing you can try at home. Sometimes in the hospital setting, we'll put a feeding tube in, and that's one way to get that in more directly. Um, but at home, that's definitely, if you can ask your vet for a syringe, you can get that in um, just you know, gently. Yeah, yeah. Now, and then there are some other things um, to encourage appetite. It's yet another medicine to get in this fella, but um, there are appetite stimulants that I'll often turn to when we have a cat that's not eating with liver disease. And one name, just to kind of keep in mind, is one called mirtazapine. And we can give it every few days, so it doesn't have to be given daily. Um, and that can help to stimulate the appetite is that a of a kitty. Or a pill or a what? 
Generally a tablet. In, in most okay. kitties, we're given a tiny little piece of it, so about a quarter of a tablet, and we give that every couple days. Yeah, um, so I that might I, be something. I'm sorry to interrupt. I had a packet of salmon here, and I thought maybe I could try him on that, but I didn't mm-hmm. even want to try it because he's on this other food. Yeah, well, sometimes we just want our patients to eat. Um, and as long as it doesn't upset a stomach, um, I usually pull out the stops. I'll pull out the stinkiest canned cat foods that we can. And a lot of times for my patients, I find that the fish flavored ones really are the most appealing. They, they make me, you know, cover my nose, but my cats, oh, yeah. they really like that. So that would be definitely one thing. Um, well, the other thing. thing that I, the other thing I'll often do with cats that aren't eating well with liver disease is we actually supplement B vitamins. And part of the reason with that is that that can actually, B vitamins are actually involved with a lot of the cell processes in the body, and it can help to Im- improve their appetite as well. So that's something your vet can give. Um, it's well tolerated. You don't have to give it. It's given by an injection once a week, and, and that definitely can help for some kitties as well. Yeah. Well, I don't know what, I, 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 I called the program because I wanted another opinion, and you're almost confirming what he had said, too, in a way. Mm-hmm. But the problem I'm having now is that I can't get him to give him the medication, and I can't. And like I told you, when I, when I do get him and I give him the medication, I kind of open his mouth and give him the food, which he doesn't mm-hmm. spit up. He, he does eat it, but it's kind of, it kind of really worries me. I've had him since he's been uh, two months old, and he's, not, he's oh, only sure. 10 years old. Absolutely. Well, if I can give you one more little tip that if you're, if he tolerates giving the food by a syringe method, a lot of times what I just do is take those medicines, take those pills, get a pill crusher and crush those up, put that in the blenderized food and you can give it in the syringe and it can be a little bit less stressful. And especially if he's taking the food, it it may help to disguise the flavor of some of those tablets. I don't have a problem when I get a hold of him doing the pill because I put it in the back of his throat and he makes sure he doesn't spit it out. But do you think he'll ever ever survive this situation? You know, many cats do, but the hard thing is, is that it is a daily battle. You have to get these medicines in, so rarely do these things get better on their own, and I think that's honestly why many cats, we may not always see the end of the treatment, and they may not recover, but really finding a way that you can work with your cat in the least stressful way to get the medication in. So whether that means making his world a little smaller so that you can catch him and kind of find him, um, giving him ample hide spaces, and then just pairing those medicines in a, in a in a happy way that you can give that with a food or give that with some kind of catnip or a treat so that you can kind of try to make him happy to see you and not regret that he's coming out and he's going to get stuff shoved down his throat. Oh, yeah, that's the problem. He, uh, he's, he's in my room, and there's dressers he goes under and the bed he goes under. Now he's in a special corner where he, I can't reach him so well. Yeah, and it's a good fight, Roberta. You've got you've got a disease that you hopefully you know can do something for. So as long as he's not suffering, you know, I'd have to say that you know there definitely can be hope in these situations. Um, you know, it's not easy. I know Judy has to give our our studio cat pills every day. Oh my god! But the cat's been getting pills for so long now that it it's no big deal, is it, Judy? No, it's, I've been doing it since 2006, so how many years has that Every been? Day. Every day. Every now day. he's up to four pills a day I give him. Oh, yeah. my God. I've gotten to be a pro. I just sneak up, pop it. They don't even know what hit them. <laughs> Roberta, we wish you the best of luck, and if you have any more questions, please feel free to call us back, okay? Thank you so much. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn. 
And during these uncertain times, Red Barn is grateful for the consistent love and joy our pets bring into our lives. Now diligently working alongside their pet parents, your dog deserves a break in between video chat appearances and lap sitting. Red Barn chews are the natural way to distract your dog during the day or give their paws a break from typing up emails. Thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. This is a time-sensitive message from the Back Pain Relief Hotline. Millions of people across the nation are suffering from back pain. Are you? Are you on Medicare? Is it hard to walk, to bend over, or even do simple things? Well, we have great news. If you're on Medicare, you could qualify to receive a pain-relieving back brace. We'll handle all the Medicare paperwork if you qualify and ship your new back brace right to your door. Make sure you have your Medicare card ready and please call. Call us right now and get all the details. It only takes a few minutes. Imagine doing everything you used to do before your back pain. With your Medicare card ready, call the Back Pain Relief Hotline today. Call now. 800-254-3218. 800-254-3218. That's 800-254-3218. Paid for by the Health Alert Hotline. Hey, this is Big Ant from Rescue Week. Remember, spay and neuter your animal and abuses are losers. Now back to Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Everybody loves Deb. You know who does love me? I will tell you. Who loves you? I have a uh, red-eared slider here. Well, maybe she doesn't quite love me. (laughs) I'm making her feel better, though. A A red-eared slider. Yes. Do you know what that is? I think it is. Isn't that number two on the Sonic Burger, the red-eared slider? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. no, that's White Castle. <laughs> the red-eared slider is a turtle. It's a water turtle, um, common in uh, the southern U.S., and you'll actually find them in a lot of ponds. They're kind of like little pest species. People release them in the wild now. Um, but this gal is 35 years old, and she came to me because she's not eating good because she's got a belly full of eggs. Oh. So she's going to give birth, huh? Not really, no. <laughs> she has eggs, though. So she's not mated. Um, she's not been around boys for probably a good 30 years. Um, she is just every year when it comes to springtime, she... Oh, they're just the regular eggs. old eggs. Yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Just like birds uh, lay eggs that don't have to have a... a Remember what around. last year you had had to explain that whole birds and bees thing to me. And I, yeah. We're you. still working on it. And yeah, yeah. Alan, you got it under control. You understand the whole egg thing. I, the meal. birds, the bees, the flowers, the trees, the booze, the broads. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I sent you a story, didn't I, Deb? What did I send you? I didn't see one. Yeah, I sent you some cute story or something about turtles been married 110 years. I didn't see it. Did you text it or what? I think I emailed it. Hmm. Let me check my spam folder. (laughs) 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 Maybe it's in the blocked email section. Let me check. (laughs) That's where I go when I talk to a woman in public, right to her spam folder. (laughs) Sorry, you didn't even, you didn't even rate at that, Ellen. I, I'm sorry. (laughs) Hi. Hi, who's this? Jan. How are you doing, Jan? Hanging in there, babe. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Where are you calling from? South Lake Tahoe. Listening on KOWL, huh? You bet your booties. Hi, Jan. Hello. Nice to hear your voices. You too. Thank you. So how are you doing today? What's on your mind? Well, Miss Pie Lafitte. She's a little, she's about a year old, lopso-opso. Uh-huh. Yes. 
and she got her name because I'm a nutty gal. Yeah, you, you sound like a nutty gal, and that's how we prefer them. Yes. <laughs> if I couldn't laugh, honey, I'm, you might as well dig me a hole. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, that's, that's how you get through life. And I have, oh, half a dozen or a dozen, more like a dozen, uh, half whiskey barrels full of soil. And I put plants in them in the spring, but Miss Pie goes out in the snow and jumps into the whiskey barrels, comes in all mud. Oh, no. And she's eating some of the dirt. And I never had a dog eat dirt before, but I've never had a dog like her before either. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, the interesting thing, we classify uh, dogs eating unusual things as the term pica, and dirt eating falls within that category. And in, in general, if this isn't a behavior that this little guy has done since he's been a youngin and it's been a bad habit, when this develops as an adult dog or especially as an older dog, I take that sign very seriously. It's not always doesn't point our finger directly to a single diagnosis, but there are some common problems I've seen this with. And some of those in- include blood-related problems such as anemias, um, liver problems, uh, iron deficiency problems. But we can also run into the realm of intestinal issues, inflammatory bowel disease, um, even cancer. I'm going to really encourage you to get a pretty thorough workup um, with your veterinarian, starting with blood work. That would be the point A that I would always, always do in a pet that's doing it, even if it's a young dog, because we can see some of these problems that manifest as a kind of almost an innate um, understanding that they need to eat dirt. And we believe in some cases, if there's an iron problem or they're anemic, that somehow the animal instinctively knows, I need to find this mineral somewhere. Uh, now, maybe we're giving dogs more credit than, you know, they have the sense of reasoning, but, you know, it is a sign that we do really believe that, They're looking for something and not finding it in their regular diet. That also being said, a lot of times I'll do a hypoallergenic diet because allergic diet disease can also present with some of these weird signs of eating unusual things. So that would be where I would definitely start things off. And I would definitely encourage you not to follow any kind of remedies off the Internet. The first and foremost thing I'm going to encourage is to see your veterinarian. My, my best wishes go out to you and your, your little babies and hope all turns up well. Give us a call and let us know how things turn out. Hold on a second, Jan, okay? Okay, Cookie. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Check out Animal Radio highlights, all the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Vinny Penn coming at you again on Animal Radio with a party animal segment. I saw on the telephone pole at the end of my street the other day a missing pet flyer. We've discussed flyers here in the past. The catch with this one is they had drawn the picture of the cat missing. It was a pencil drawing. Now that one, you're not going to really be able to tell. I, I don't know. It didn't look any different than any other millions of cats you see out on the show. Well, you don't see as many these days as stray cats as you did when I was a kid uh, back in the 70s and 80s. But um, they didn't really look any different. Two, it told me that you're drawing the picture of this cat that you never took one of your cat. So how much could you have possibly loved it 
If you didn't have a picture to photocopy for the flyer, now that Smittens is missing. I'm not even going to get into the whole Smittens thing. But how much could you have loved Smittens? Maybe Smittens ran away, one, because you never took a damn picture of him. And two, because you named him Smittens. Penny Pen, Party Animal, Animal Radio. Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. You love your dog, but depending on the breed, your insurance company might not. In fact, your dog's breed might actually keep a company from providing you with homeowner's insurance. It's all about the money. Insurance companies pay out millions each year on dog bite claims. In fact, last year, bike claims accounted for one-third of all the homeowners' liability claims that were paid out. So now insurers actually come up with a list of dog breeds that they consider dangerous and could result in you being denied coverage. The list names specific breeds, but many companies extend the list to also include any mixes of the banned breeds. So here's the list. I bet you know who, unfortunately, is on top. It's our pity bulls, then Staffordshire Terriers, Rottweilers, German Shepherds, Presa Canarios, Chows, Dobies, Akitas, Wolf Hybrids, Mastiffs, Cane Corsos, Great Danes, Alaska Malamutes, and Siberian Huskies. Now, each company draws up its own list. It's not based on any scientific data or anything. In fact, one report in the media can be enough for a company to decide that a dog breed is dangerous. Now, if you're looking for the perfect dog, yup, you guessed it. There is now an app for that. Bark Buddy, a free iPhone app that showcases dogs for adoption. It's connected to a shelter of 2,500 rescues and shelters throughout Canada and the U.S. And you just swipe your way through all the pictures of the available dogs, and you stop when you see one you're interested in. The app then gives you the details on the dog and the organization that has him or her. Right now, Bark Buddy is only available for the iPhone, but there's an Android version. should be out pretty soon. Well, they are cute. They are prickly. In some places, they are illegal. Talking about hedgehogs. They are growing in popularity as pets. Some people say it all got started with the uh, the video game Sonic. You know, it's a little blue hedgehog who runs at supersonic speeds and then protects himself by rolling himself into a little ball. Some breeders now say they have waiting lists 500 people long for hedgehogs. They're a lot easier to take care of than a cat or a dog. They're hypoallergenic. But hedgehogs are illegal in six states and Washington, D.C. And the reason is because people, the people in charge, they're worried that the hedgehogs could escape and upset the ecological balance. Hedgehogs do also carry salmonella, but breeders say you can limit the risk by washing your hands after handling them. But, man, are they cute. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime on AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to a lady, Miss Kitty, Miss Kitty Martin. She has a calf whose two back legs were lost to frostbite, and she outfitted them with prosthetics at $20,000 a piece. Two two of them, $40,000 to put on prosthetics on the back of this calf. 
That's amazing. That is love. I wouldn't do that for my wife. Really? Really, Ellen? I'm just I'm going to call her messing. and tell her that. I'm messing. Oh. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get you in a world of dog doo-doo right now. <laughs> I'm in trouble for saying I love a good tenderloin. Also in the news, this is really upsetting me. Ferrets may now be illegal in New York, New York State. Mm. Of course, it is already illegal in California. And these fairly benign animals are pretty much legal in most of the states in our country. But New York is now trying to really do the same thing California has done and make them illegal. And, but uh, here's what cracks so, me up. Yeah. You go into any Petco, PetSmart in yep. California, and what do you find? Ferret, ferret food stuff. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. Uh huh. Why are they? Uh, why are they out to get the ferrets? I mean, well, why not the pigeons? Why not the pigeons? We. Uh, we it's another the... one of those ecology exactly. things. They think if the ferrets get loose, they're going to set up the, or screw up the ecological balance because they don't belong here. So why are ferrets illegal in some states like New York? Well, I think there's some fear that they're going to get loose and uh, kind of compete with other species or going to reproduce in the wild. Um, so that, that's some of it. Some of also sickness that they might bring to the other um, uh, wild ferrets that are out in the population. Oh, what do they eat? What do ferrets uh, eat? Uh, disc jockeys. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> no, no, they're 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 basically vegetarian animals. Then then how can they cause trouble bugs, if they're bugs and oh, stuff? I, I, I've never understood it. And ferrets are neat. They are kind I of like cute ferrets. little. You know, I was just doing yeah. some research because I did think that you had that backwards, Hal. And actually, they have been illegal in New York, and now they're talking about yeah. lifting the ban. So That's that what I was going to say, Hal. I think ferrets. you made a... Yeah, yeah, you had it you backwards. You made a boo-boo. Isn't that what I said? No. Boo-boo. That's not yeah. what I said? No, that's not what you said. Because no. I got no. this. I have this dyslexic news service that I get in the morning. <laughs> I check with AP and UPI and uh, CNN. I get, And sometimes everything they have is completely backwards. And I just... So what I've been informed... Yes, I was wrong. I was... Yeah, come on, Al. You can say it. wrong. So it's been illegal and they're thinking of legalizing it. They're thinking about lifting the ban, yes. Oh, cool. Tammy, can well, you get on awesome. the news story, find out more about that next week? Find out where, yeah. what, what that's all about. I need to yeah, be informed. Yeah, let's look into it. I got to tell you. I, I sure wish California would get off, off their ferret van. Well, this may be I'd the be beginning of it. Packing some ferrets. Uh, uh, legally. However, uh, in New York, uh, a ferret cannot drink a big gulp. No, that's you can't. Still that's still illegal. They changed that law, too. I knew that. You can actually get a 64-ounce drink now there. Oh, no, 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 no. The, it was on. It was a stay of execution, and now that it's back in effect. It is back in effect. You, get, you know, oh, I love we're, a good we're, tenderloin. If you want the news, we're on top of it right here at Animal yes. Radio. Up-to-date information. Get you your use. breaking news, yeah. But rats are fine. <laughs> There's who, 10 of them for every person. Rat? I was going to say, who's got pet rats? But pet rats and wild rats, you know, there's not a fear of releasing those. But, yeah, they can breed rampant, right? Yeah, we, we just well, saw a story about that where there was a lady who was hoarding 300 rats and she was breeding the yes. wild with the pets, which I guess makes some kind of uh. super rat. Or something like that. Yeah, and you know, there's, there's got to be concern for even things like respiratory problems when you have that many animals and they're not housed maybe in the most appropriate way. And I'm pretty sure 300 rats in her house don't sound like they're raised in the most appropriate ways. But that's, that's a health danger to people. So that's uh, public health, man. Get that guy knocking on your door. Yep, yep, yep. Come in. Oh, that was you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dave's <you>. not here. <laughs> There's a little teaching tongue reference there. Good for you. Oh, Good thank for you. you. Uh, let's see. 
you know, we've been talking about a lot of different apps that have been available lately. And uh, Tammy Trujillo, anytime a new one comes out, she brings it up. She was talking a couple of weeks about this one, and I thought it was kind of cool. It's called Pet Match, and they're using this facial recognition technology. You know what that is, Judy? Yes. It's when you take a picture of someone's face and then you, you, you put it up at this app and it actually finds someone who looks just like that by just by the facial. That is correct. And, and the cops use it too, right? Yep. Yeah. FBI. If you have an iPhone or you use iPhoto or a Mac, all your photos are arranged by facial recognition or can be arranged so that you have all the same people put together. It's kind of a wow. pretty cool technology. And these guys are using it. To find and adopt animals out, and I think that's pretty cool, so I wanted to get him on the phone here. Hey, Adi, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Where are we calling you today? Ah, um, we are in our office in Palo Alto. Palo Alto, okay, so computer land is, I guess, what exactly, we call it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and uh, this technology, before inventing it to be used for animals, it was a technology you were working on for other purposes, is that correct? Yeah, it's a generic technology. We, we are developing visuals. Uh, it's the ability to find images with similar content or similar objects and so on. It can work on anything. And in the grand vision, we are going to release different applications that are doing different stuff. But we thought that the first one uh, might be might be very neat, very useful to do it on that. You're using it for animals now. So people, what, they upload pictures to your app? And then what happens? And then we are searching in databases of shelters and places like that. There are millions uh, of pets available for or waiting for adoption in the U.S. We are searching for the one which is uh, uh, as close as possible to you. And that looks like the one that you are envisioning and want to have. So I can get my own grumpy cat? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We, we, we see people... Uh, are taking actually or um, using images from Instagram. Uh, they see something nice, something that inspired them. They want to have something like that. Mm. And we can help them uh, to, to, to find it. Okay, if I have some computer software that I can kind of create and kind of meld different animals and make a face of what I would envision, can you use that to find my imaginary dog <laughs> that might not yeah, be? Yeah, you know, we, we saw that even people are taking images of stuffed animals of the kids, for example, <laughs> and we can find, you can find a, a nice uh, dog that looks like a koala bro. Now, I understand that this uh, tech news site, The Verge, they uploaded a picture of Lady Gaga, and it produced a matching image of a hamster. Is that <laughs> is that correct? <laughs> the technology sometimes goes to places that we don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe it's just real obvious. So uh, if I want a dog that looks like Hal, I can just upload your picture, Hal? Yeah. and you and might, I can see Or a I hamster. Get, or or who knows what will oh, show I've, I've up. i got to try this now. Lizard might show up. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, this is only available for Apple right now, is that correct? Right now, very soon, we're going to release also a version for the Android, and we are improving the application all the time. And do we pay for it? How much is it? No, it's completely free. We are mm. we are really trying to help here. We're doing good work. Yeah. You certainly are. So the website where we can learn more about it, what is so that? It's uh, superfish.com. It's our main site. Superfish. Um, superfish. Yeah, superfish. Okay. And... And there is a pet match uh, Facebook page. I will put links to that over at AnimalRadio.com. Adi, thanks so much for hanging with us Thank today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That's kind of cool technology. What do you think about that, Alan? I think that uh, anytime you can get a dog that looks like you, it's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm.
People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. Hi, everybody. This is Lori Morgan reminding you to please spay or neuter your pets. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. Hi, Debbie. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. What's going on in your world? Um, I think I need to talk to Dr. Debbie. I have an unusual situation. I have four Boston Terriers, and I have one of them who's at six years old. He has developed a weird thing when the leaves started to fall this year that he's never had before. And that's where he starts bubbling out of his nose, and he has trouble breathing, and then he might fall over on his side and spit up phlegm and then be okay. But mm-hmm. it's seemingly, uh, he's, he's, um, you can see that he's in dis- distress. Um, mm-hmm. We've been to the emergency clinic and uh, alternative, uh, a uh, integrative doc, uh, veterinarian here and a regular veterinarian, and nobody seems to really have a real answer. Or they just want to put him on prednisone or uh, Timeral P and Benadryl, and then he seems okay, sort of. And then when we start to wean him off, he goes back to the same weird behavior. And we've had leaves, you know, for the six years that we have had him, and this is the first time I've ever seen this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so has he had problems breathing unrelated to the fall? Um, you know, being a Boston Terrier, has he had problems with um, any kind of uh, nasal surgery, soft palate, as far as mm-hmm. um, stenotic yeah. nares? Before the age of 12 months, he had two soft palate surgeries from at Ohio okay. State University. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and the nasal one, too. Okay. All right. So he has. So, and, and that's the big thing. Now, when he has the episodes, when he's bubbling in that, um, does he just fall over kind of all of a sudden, have any kind of seizure-like activity? You know, it, it does not look like a seizure, and they don't think mm-hmm. that it is. They think that he um, he can't get air, and okay. um, because right afterwards he spits up white phlegm, and then he's like, fine. And he's not really okay. passing out, passing out, but he just falls over um on his side, and okay. when he does that, you know, it's, uh, and I've even tried, like I've given the Heimlich and the, and the white phlegm will pop out and he'll feel fine. So okay. what they're saying is they think it's accumulating, the excessive mucus is accumulating, and he has, I was told he has an extra fat tongue, <laughs> and okay. that he has, even since the, the surgery, he just has a tiny little opening, um, you know, through its throat. I gotcha. All right. And, and that's going to be the big thing is what, what I think your, your boy is doing is having vagal episodes. And yeah. this is actually something that happens a lot in the brachycephalic breeds, the short face breeds. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons is, is that, well, I'll back up. The vagus nerve is um, a nerve that goes from the head down to the abdomen. And there can be certain things in the body that disrupt that or overstimulate that nerve. For some mm-hmm. animals and people, it can be things like digestive problems. Um, it can 
the respiratory problems. And I see this a lot in the brachycephalics that if they have a lot of the respiratory components to the upper airway disease, they have the narrowed nostrils, they have a narrow trachea, long soft palate, they can even get um, everted tracheal um, or laryngeal saccules and um, some other changes up there. So some of those things they might not see, but they might suspect. Um, You'd have to kind of go up with a scope to see some of those other things in the back of the throat. Um, But just being of that breed and having some of these airway changes, it's going to make it very likely that the vagus nerve can get overstimulated. And what happens with that? The heart rate drops and Mm -hmm. the heart doesn't pump as well and the blood pressure drops and and the pet will pass out. And it usually come right back up. Um, yeah. I've even seen dogs do this after they vomit. So where they'll vomit and then they just pass out and then they come right back up. Um, so the, the, the goal would be is to try to address what is the biggest problem. And that's going to be the respiratory disease. So that might mean going to have, you know, some of these other upper airway, um, things evaluated and to see if those need to be addressed. And, and then the other thing is, yeah, if we have, allergies, something seasonal that makes our respiratory symptoms worse, oh boy, you've got an extra whammy onto the whole thing there. Um, so then um, we might talk about, you know, things like, you know, steroids can be helpful for the short term, um, yeah. but you may even want to see um, a dermatologist for allergy testing and molds just like anything else seasonally we can test for. We can hyposensitize, uh, desensitize a pet with hyposensitization injections, and that might be one thing you can do. You can do, yeah. you can do that to mold. Absolutely, yeah. And well, every region in the country is a little different in some of those things, so you have to make sure the testing is done appropriate for your area. I see. And then the but the other little Boston Terrier that uh, actually is his daughter um, mm-hmm. that I have, she just started uh, doing the uh, bubbling too. And I, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, now uh, we know this is because they've been at the vet. We know there's nothing contagious going on here. But at the same mm-hmm. thing, she'll go outside and she'll... She'll play with a ball in the leaves, and then she'll come back in, and she's she's not as bad as him, but mm-hmm. you know she's doing it now too. And I'm I'm, I'm thinking, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I would definitely make sure. If she hasn't had her, her nearies um, evaluated or corrected, that'd be definitely one of the first things. But, you know, even going further back and going up with a scope. Because, you know, some of these things, they're they're progressive. So you can correct. And, and with the brachycephalic dogs, we want to jump on these things when they're young. Because with time, all these other components start to um, involve. And once those some of the more chronic things happen, you can't reverse them more easily. So we want to get in there beforehand, um, do the soft palate, do the stenotic nearies if necessary because um, there's all these other problems that will come on and that just are so much more challenging to deal with. Wow. Okay. All right. You don't know anybody that's in this area that's a specialist in this type of thing, do you? Um, you know, if you're dealing with um, veterinary schools, you're going to find a lot of the people at the top of their fields right there. Um, and as far as in dermatology, they're going to have dermatologists there as well. So I think you're going to have two two different type of approaches. One is going to be address the allergies, and the second is going to be address the upper airways. And that'll be okay. through, um, you know, an internal medicine type specialist. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. If you're trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. 
I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877-247-1584. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Wow. Last hour was quite a lot. This hour, I'm, I'm promising even more. In fact, a money-back guarantee. Your hero of the week, hero person. This one's a real interesting one. This lady saved a calf with prosthetic legs, two back prosthetic legs. And I understand it cost her about $40,000 yeah. to do so. Yeah, she loves that calf. Yeah, she does. She wants to give it a chance. Well, I think a lot of us would spend almost anything on our animals. Mm -hmm. I love a good tenderloin. I really do. (gasps) It's Alan Cable, ladies and gentlemen. Shame on you. Shame, shame. Also uh, coming up, there may be a cure for Parvo. And Tammy will be reporting on that in just a few minutes. Hey, Robert. Hello. How you doing, Robert? Good, I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? Um, I'm in Lamar, California. Hmm. Don't know where that is. Is that Northern California? Central. Central. Right near Fresno. Right near Fresno. Are you listening on Kino? Kino Radio? Okay, good. Yes, I am. I love their signal. 50,000 watts. I have Dr. Debbie right here for you. Well, hi. And I may not have a hundred thousand watts, but hey, <laughs> sometimes I, anyway. my smile is just as sunny. Uh-huh. That's good. That's all you need. So what can I do for you? Uh, I've got a four-year-old Rottweiler, and she's been losing hair for about the last four months. Um, we just moved into a new house, okay. but uh, prior to that, she had a grass yard, and now we've got a pool and a lot of cement. So I'm wondering if maybe it's just something I didn't see before. I've looked it up online, and. I guess a lot of people have some of the same complaints where they lose hair. It's kind of short and wiry, but mm-hmm. she runs and leaves a trail. You know, if she okay. scratches, she leaves a pile. If she lays somewhere, she gets up and there's just tons of it. So we've tried to keep it down by hosing it off. But what that mm-hmm. did is this heat that we've got is it created wet ground, and now we've got millions of gnats. So <laughs> oh, I'm wondering if there's a way... Or if there's some, I thought it was her food, but we switched her food again, and it's not the food. Is that just the way they are? Is that normal? Uh, well, food. to some degree, yes, they, they do shed a lot. Now, I wanted to ask you real quick, do, is she having any kind of unusual hair loss, any baldness or sores, no, anything no, like no. that? No, it's all okay. pretty even. It, her coat stays pretty even. She has no um, no raw areas or anything like that other than um, maybe her heels where she lays down sometimes, you know? And that's okay. just a little thin, but it's not, she has no bare space, no bare spot. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to be very honest with you. 
this is something that is not likely to be fixed. <laughs> not in the sense of how are we going to stop shedding? Because shedding is a reality for every dog, even those right. that don't shed much, those that are clipped, they still shed their hairs. Um, right. They just don't shed it in the same cycle. But dogs like Rottweilers and Labradors in particular are well known for the just excessive amounts of hair that they shed at any particular time. The tricks are um, don't spend your money on a lot of those silly old sprays that you put on the hair coat that are supposedly to stop shedding. The only way those products work are because you start brushing your dog. So the number one thing is really being very vigilant about brushing. Now, admittedly, I admit, I don't brush my dogs all that much. I use the the tool you're using, which is the pool filter. <laughs> yeah. Well, and when she gets I, most um, of the my... time, Rottweilers don't swim. Mine does. Mm-hmm. Our vet yeah. even said that Rottweilers usually sink. Ours is in the pool all the time. <laughs> she swims great. But she leaves a path, and our filters yeah. are completely filled of hair all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're not doing any brushing, we have to find a way to get that hair out. Now, I laugh because, you know, I'm somewhat lazy when it comes to my pets, you know, brush and upkeep. Um, But they do shed a lot of hair in the pool when they swim. So you can burn out your filters in your pool or you can really get very vigilant about getting on a daily process of doing some brushing. And if she's got some of the Rotties have kind of a thicker coat, so you may need more something a little bit more durable, something like a Furminator to get down into that deeper part of the coat. Um, but that's really going to be the best thing I can tell you um, as far as doing daily brushing for this kid. Um, sometimes even just doing, you said hosing her off, um, but doing a regular bath where you're shampooing her and you're rinsing her off, that's removing a lot of that bulk or that loose hair that's in that phase of hair loss where it's ready to come out. So we just got to get that out in a regular pattern. Um, if if we don't do that, then yeah, she's just going to just, hair's going to fall off of her. When you touch her, it's just going to come off in one big sheet um so you're going to have a lot of that to deal with now that that being said there are definitely some things that you can try now a diet change um yeah i i like that idea um generally it's not something there's a quick fix for so i try to give that maybe four weeks to eight weeks to really see how that reflects on the pet's hair coat um, because it does take that long until we get new hair growth in um, the other thing would be, you know, making sure she's, you know, in good sound health. Um, some pets, we look at things like thyroid disorders that can cause excessive hair loss. Usually she's we get into the vet and that, that, that's not a, that's not a, she's very healthy. That's, that's good. not a problem at all. And she only eats the rice and lamb meal. I don't give her any corn. So, I mean, she, yeah. she's very healthy, very agile, okay. but the problem is it's just the hair is, is just yeah. immense. It's just, I mean, and I've never noticed it before. In the four years that we've had her, I've never noticed the, the hair falling out. Prior to getting mm-hmm. her, I did a lot of checking on Rottweilers. I've only had Huskies, and those I'm, I'm familiar with the hair, and that's not a problem. Oh, my gosh, most yeah. Most of that you can just rake up. It's actually really fluffy, and it's easy to clean. But the Rottweiler has short, black, wiry hair, and it's very difficult to clean, and it's everywhere. I mean, just yeah. everywhere. Totally different. Yeah. Yeah, it but certainly is. Nowhere and, you know, online does it say that, you know, people have a problem with that particular breed shedding. So any of the people that are out there that are thinking about getting a Rottweiler, be ready for hair because there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's a warning definitely. for you. So that's about it. Just to, just to brush her daily. Pressure daily, yeah. And I mean, you, there's a lot of supplements out there. I, I'm a fan of using things like fatty acids if the hair coat's in bad quality or we're worried about, um, you know, 
things like allergies. But the the honest truth, and you know, people will sell you millions of products, spending lots of money on this kind of products. But really, brushing is the number one thing to do, and uh, it's just we don't like to do it because it takes time. We want that easy fix, and we want something that's going to be, um, you know, the problem. So if she's in good health, her thyroid is good. We don't have allergies. We don't have fleas. We don't have internal parasites. Those are the things that I kind of check for in a physical exam if we're talking about excessive hair loss. So sorry to give you the bad news there. <laughs> well, that's all right. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, Robert. We appreciate <laughs> your you call. Much. A great story just came out of uh, San Antonio, Texas, and the Northside Independent School District. If you look in their yearbook this year, on page 16, you'll see little Rachel Benke, a little blonde-haired girl, and next to her, Taxi Benke, her dog. <laughs> the yearbook? In the yearbook. For the last four years, Taxi has been right by Rachel Benke's side, uh, paving the way, hopefully, for more future service dogs in the Northside Independent School District. Rachel, she has epileptic seizures. She has since birth. And she's had two brain surgeries, one when she was six years old. And she's shown improvement since then. They figured, why not get her a dog that might help her kind of be uh-huh. by her side? So four years ago, they met Taxi, who's a half lab and a half golden retriever. And he was supposed to be the guide dog, but he became a guide dog dropout. He couldn't pass school because... Because he has cat destruction problems, is is the story. When they first met, actually, Rachel was afraid of dogs. But when they first met, uh, not 15 minutes later, they became friends for life, I guess it will be from here on out. The dog goes everywhere with her, accepting awards at school, celebrating birthdays, even on the school track, where one day he sprung into action just before she was about to have a grand mal seizure. So kind of interesting. He was not actually trained for that, but she wow. he popped into action when she was about to have one of her seizures. And they Dogs let the amazing. dog have the picture in the yearbook. yearbook. I think that is so awesome. Isn't that wonderful? Wow. Did they style his hair or put a bow in? <laughs> did or he have to wear around him? Yeah, did he have to wear a gown or a cap? Cap or a suit or... Uh, let's post this picture up at the website. Yeah. That's so awesome. What was that, See Alan? what happens when women get involved? You know, they want to put a bow tie on the dog. They want to, they want to put ribbons in his hair. No, you I'm talking about, you know, there's certain things that you have to dress when you have your yearbook picture exactly. taken. There's certain you dress outfits. for the event. Yes, you, you just, do. It has to be you uniform. You brush them. You brush them and leave them be a dog. Let them alone. <laughs> get away. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Hi, it's Alan Cable, and it's no secret that our dog friends have transformed so many lives. They ease loneliness, make you laugh, get you out on new adventures, and help you meet people. They've even helped folks with depression and loss. They can sniff out explosives and even disease. When it comes down to it, dogs create more magic than David Copperfield. Doesn't your dog deserve the best life possible for all the magic he or she gives you? Of course they do. But how do you do it? Is it by feeding your dog the best filet mignon? Or letting them have free run of the house? Do we repair dogs by letting them sleep? 
sleep in bed with us. I think you know where this is going, right? You want to give your dog the best life possible by educating yourself so that you can educate your dog. You know, puppies learn quick. They may learn that grabbing your clothes and shoes results in a real fun game of you chasing them or playing tug-of-war. They also learn that whining and barking gets them lots of attention from you. Let in, let out. (laughs) And then they learn that taking little chunks out of your hand or ankles with those sharp teeth produces super fun noise. This is the exact opposite of what you want them to learn, though, isn't it? Being in charge from the very start of your puppy is better for both of you. Teaching him to sit and let go. Redirecting his behavior. Teaching him not to bite you, but only toys. Making sure that when you train him, you set him up for success and make it a lot of fun. So that your puppy grows up seeing training as the funnest game ever. And then in the house, you teach your puppy that calm behavior is the right behavior. And that the yard or the park is the place for play. Don't get him revved up. Save that for outside. Then make sure you take your puppy around as many people to as many places around as many other dogs as you can. Take them everywhere you can. Parks, baseball games, shopping centers. Let them see and watch all kinds of people and dogs. Introduce them to the vacuum cleaner, the lawnmower. And when your puppy gets scared, don't say anything. Don't say it's okay. That just reinforces the fear. Just remove him from the situation or give him a treat. Redirect him. He'll get over the fear quickly when he associates it with something fun or pleasurable. So get a plan, get the education, and then get yourself a dog. And remember, good dog. Attention sports fans. Now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow. If you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All-American Dish right now. 800-380-4452 That's 800-380-4452 Hey y'all, it's Lisa Matassa and you're listening to Animal Radio. DJs always love a smooth segue, and I just realized we were talking about this seventh grader and her dog, Taxi, and uh, how how Taxi got in the yearbook this Mm -hmm. year and uh, follows Rachel around to kind of give her a warning when she's going to have a grand mal seizure or an epileptic seizure. Uh, But uh, this kind of ties in nicely. Pets in the classroom, again, something we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. seems to be an amazing thing. It it allows kids to learn faster and be more compassionate to the animals at home. In fact, there's uh, research of studies that we just did a couple of weeks ago that they actually learn more. They're more relaxed and comfortable environment. Anyway. And I think it's increasing actual pet ownership in the home. It is. And I I believe by one third. And we have Brett Weinman on the the phone with us. He is with the uh, Pet Care Trust. He is actually the president, top dog over at the Pet Care Trust. I don't know all about it. I'm going to ask him, what is the Pet Care Trust? Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. um, Pet Care Trust. We're an organization that was started about 20 years ago through contributions from companies within the pet industry. Uh, Basically, our our mission is, 
at the time we were founded is to figure out how we can introduce more people to pets and the joys of pet ownership and make sure it's done in a responsible way. And one of the programs is to bring these pets into the classroom or get the animals into the classroom, is that correct? Exactly. In fact, that's really been our focus. As you can imagine, there's so many different opportunities for a a nonprofit to fund, help fund, you know, initiatives that uh, we worked throughout the course of the trust. We worked with nursing homes and we worked on, you know, studies for pet health, et cetera. And then finally we said we need to focus and what a better thing to focus on than, than kids and pets in the classroom. Is it easy to get the pets into the classroom, or did or was uh, like uh, a lot of bureaucracy, or did the schools open their doors to you, or they, were they cautious? It's, it's all over the board. Um, really, it's the responsibility of the teacher to uh, check things out with their, uh, the administration. Uh, and basically what we do is we make grants available either directly through the trust we also cooperate with large uh, national retailers such as Petco, PetSmart, Pet Supplies Plus, etc., um, to help facilitate getting these pets uh, into the classroom. What what costs are associated with it? Um, for the teacher, we we try to minimize costs as much as possible because, uh, as you probably know, these types of uh, things usually come out of the teacher's pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we do is. Um, we will fund the cost of the cage setup, the cost of you know initial food purchase, and, you know decorations, toys, treats, etc., bedding materials. You know depends on the type of pet that's chosen. Um, but the teach and then then we will also fund part of the animal. So the teacher does have some in the game. In other words, putting some money out, uh, they're not getting a free animal. We want them to have some commitment to the care and and. Uh, well-being of the animal, but we we work with either the retailer or directly with the teacher to bring the cost of that pet down. Oh, where do these animals come from, and who decides what animal they're going to have in the classroom? Um, well, the different retailers that we work with, such as, once again, Petco or PetSmart, um, I'll use those two as an example since they're really the biggest companies that, that get the most pets into the classroom. Um, they have a list of pets that, that their vets, along with the Pecker Trust, have, have deemed sort of appropriate for most classrooms. And from that list, the teacher can either pick which, whichever one he or she wants uh, to introduce to the classroom. Or we've had great stories of how um, they've done uh, little field trips to uh, or online research the class has to figure out what type of pet would be best, and then they do a, a vote, and the kids really decide what they want in the classroom. Cool. Now, when I was a kid, I was in grade school, one of my great joys was taking care of the classroom pets, because I actually didn't have any pets as a kid until I was a little bit older. And so on the summer, I got to bring home the hamsters, and that was kind of the way it broke my parents into getting pets. So, so is that what these kids are going to be doing come that, summertime yeah, here? That's exactly what happens. You know, it's... it's um, sort of runs the gamut. Sometimes the teachers take them home. Maybe they have their own kids at home that want to take care of it, or maybe the teachers become attached to it and they want to take care of it. Uh, but more times than not, we find that they organize uh, something with, with two or three kids uh, from the classroom that you know, have expressed a strong interest and in strong, shown a strong commitment to the care of the animal. And they'll, as you experience, let the kids take them home for the summer. 
This is uh, this is nothing new because I remember as a kid that was the same thing, and we were just talking about this about twenty minutes ago. How uh, well Joey said that he wouldn't take the animals home on the yeah. His weekends. mother wouldn't let mother, him, and my mom wouldn't let me either because she was afraid Monday morning she would have to replace an animal or something like that. So this has been something that's been going on. F- for ages right now with hamsters and guinea pigs and fish and smaller animals. Are there any bigger animals like dogs going into the classroom? Um, There are, but not through our program. You know, typically uh, those type programs would be sort of not a full-time pet in the classroom, but someone, maybe a, a local animal shelter or a dog training organization would bring the pet in kind of as a show and tell. The website www.petsintheclassroom.org if you want to learn more about the Pet Care Trust and Brent Wyman and what they're doing. I appreciate the the opportunity. I actually trained my classroom pet hamster named Lady Luck. I trained her as just a little weed kid how to do somersaults. Really? That's cool. Yes, from her pencil. I would hold a pencil up and she would do a little somersault and then I'd give her a little treat. And um, I was really, I was a pathetic kid, okay? (laughs) Are you sure the hamster didn't train you to hold a pencil? Up? No, I am positive. <laughs> and and I also taught my fish, Murgatroyd, how to follow my finger. Murgatroyd? Get a f- yeah, that was his name. Like, heavens to Murgatroyd. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog, Ladybug, uses the brilliant pad self-cleaning puppy pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks. And the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Well, just a couple of weeks back, both Petco and PetSmart said they would stop selling pet treats made in China. For the past seven years, dogs and cats have been getting sick, and many have actually died after eating imported chicken and jerky treats. Well, now Purina Pet Care and Wagon Train have set up a $6.5 million fund to compensate pet guardians whose animals suffered or died. Now, the settlement doesn't admit fault, but it does open the door to damage claims for vet bills or for the loss of the pets. It also requires Nestle Purina to adopt what are being called enhanced quality assurance measures. Not exactly sure what those are, but also to change the wording on their packages. The deal still needs to be approved by the courts, but if it is, it would help settle claims related to wagon, train, and Canyon Creek Ranch dog treats. Well, to anybody with a puppy, the word parvo is horrifying. It's most often a death sentence. But now researchers may have literally stumbled onto a way to treat it. This happened when a company called Aniax in North Dakota was looking for a way to save flocks of geese that were mysteriously dying. They discovered there's an antibody that's harvested rather from the yolks of geese eggs that can stop the parvovirus in as little as two days. Avanax is still running tests, hopes to start selling the Parvo-1 antibody-based treatment for $75 a dose by next spring. Might sound high, but it's a lot less than most people spend trying to deal with Parvo. And if you have a dog or a cat, chances are he or she sleeps with you in bed, of course, right? But new research says that sharing your bed with your pet can lead to very bad sleep quality. Recently, at the 28th annual meeting of the Associated Professional Sleep Societies, yeah, there is one. Data was prevented that, or presented rather, that showed at least 30% of pet owners say their pets wake them up at least once per night. 
Doctors who treat sleep problems are now being urged to ask patients right from the start if they have pets and if they sleep together, and they are now calling animals a hidden factor behind insomnia. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hi, this is Paul Rogers. And Cynthia Rogers. On Animal Radio. Just know that it's going to be all right meow. (laughs) Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. I love this segment. I got to tell you, I get a lot of emails during the week. This is the one segment that people are talking about. And it's great because we are celebrating anybody that is doing something for the animals. It could be their own animal. For instance, we had the the young lady who had created a bucket list for her dying dog. Mm -hmm. It could be someone that uh, does things for lots of animals, like Mm -hmm. the guy who transports those animals from Atlanta to to New York. Whoever they are. And if you know somebody like this, nominate them. Send us an email, yourvoice at animalradio.com, yourvoice at animalradio.com. Com. Today's hero, Kitty Martin, joins us. Hi, Kitty. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you, folks? Good. Where are we calling you today? I'm in Cameron, Texas. And you have a calf, which is a cow, right? Just a young cow. and that uh, He's a steer. That means male, right? Male cow. Is that correct? Male neutered. Male neutered. Male neutered cow. Okay. Yes. What's his name? His name is Hero. Hero apparently lost portions of his back legs is that correct tell us what happened give us the story um actually i had a small animal rescue i was private at that point and somebody called me about a calf that had froze to the ground and lost two back hooves and part of his tail to frostbite and could i possibly help and i had never seen anything as horrible as i had seen in this case And we picked him up, didn't know what we were going to do, and wound up doing some research and found out that this had been done before for another cow named Meadow. So when you said this has been done before, I don't know what this is. Um, Surgery was done for Hero. They went in and took two inches of bone up and brought the tendons around and made like a pad stump for him. And he's been fitted with prosthetics. He's actually on his third set. Prosthetics. So he has fake back legs. Yes. A cow. A cow. Wow. Normally, I would imagine a cow in this particular situation would be euthanized? Absolutely. And um, actually, this has been a very controversial um, pursuit we've done. It has attracted some of the world's worst and some of the world's best towards us. Oh, really? Like, what, what is some of the worst? Oh, we've been tormented from a group that targets people on uh, Facebook. Uh, I call them haters. Um, they've contacted everybody in my life, anything to do with us. They've stalked us. They've cyber-stalked us. Well, well, what's the, what's the, what are they saying? Why? Why? Uh-huh. I don't know. I really don't. If I could answer that, it's been a year of that. I have no idea what fuels people like that. But like I said, on the other hand, I've had the pleasure of dealing with some of the most amazing people, too, that overrides them. Well, you know what? I don't know if you've been told this. You're our hero this week. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, absolutely. And, and we think what you did was amazing, and it cost you a, a pretty penny, too. It looks like about $40,000 to do this. Is here- oh, I'm in debt more than that. Uh, 
Oh, my gosh. Um, some donations were raised uh, that have gone towards some of the bills. Unfortunately, with the haters, that dried up. Um, my husband and I are probably in debt all the way to our grandchildren over this, but I, I'm so far into this and attached to this calf, I couldn't let him go now if I tried. Well, he was a pet before this? or uh, No, you... no. Like, he was a, his mama, from what I understand, rejected him at birth. The farmer sold him to somebody that thought they could raise a baby calf on a bottle, and it's more entailed, obviously, than what he did. The calf got weak. He couldn't get up off the ground, and we had four days of bad weather in April of last year, and he froze to the ground. So he kind of had it rough from the get-go, and that's why I've been swinging for him. Well, you so you were the one that neutered him. No, he actually came from the farmer that way. That's uh, interesting. Why? Why is that? What aren't cows generally? Was this a milk cow, like a whole state? Um, no, this is a no he's a beef cow. Generally, they have one bull, farmers do, and they castrate the rest. They're raised for beef. Oh, I, I did not know that there. Okay, so where is he now? He is in on my farm, which we are uh, just purchased a new place in Cameron. Um, he has his little area. He can do everything that they said he could not do, which is awesome, and I knew that. They said he had never run. He runs. Never could kick out. He kicks out. He plays games. He's 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 amazing. I can't explain everything he can do, but it's all the things they said he'd never do. Now, I like the cow-spotted back legs. I think they're so cute. Yeah, the prosthetics are, yes. are Holstein legs, aren't yes. they? they, they have yeah, a... the um, hanger clinic that did these are amazing. They're, I don't know if you've researched them. You might no. want to. Tell, uh, tell us about them. Very, very first prosthetic maker ever, from clear back in the Civil War, the man, Mr. Hanger, uh, lost his leg, first one, in that war. And he created the Hanger Corporation back then, and they're still going strong. They're the ones who did the ones for Dalton Tail. I don't know if you knew oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I remember and, that. And um, they're just amazing people. And this particular clinic in Houston caters towards uh, customizing, in fact, you know, making it less uh, obvious, personalizing them and stuff, and they came up with the idea of the cow spots. I thought it was incredible. I, I loved it. Now, will he need a new set as he grows? Um, these are actually pretty high-tech, and the answer is yes, but not for a while. They're adjustable in width and in height. He will probably need three to four more sets in his entirety. And I understand you're you're thinking about making him a therapy animal for wounded veterans and uh, special needs children. I would love to. Um, We've been trying to open doors for that. I don't know how to get him into that. His nature is so sweet. He doesn't have a mean bone in his body. I've had him since he was 50 pounds, a couple months old, and he's very socialized. And I'm thinking that if he could help our uh, servicemen, I'm a big military family. My father was in the service, my husband and children. And I want to give back. And I think Hero would be a great force in that because he is so calm. And if an animal can go through his story, he's almost died a million times over and he bounces back. So to be able to fight like that, I think it would be an inspiration. And then, of course, our children that lose limbs, you know, there's not a whole lot there for these guys. It is amazing what you all are doing. And, of course, yeah, you're up to your gazumbas in debt, probably. But uh, I salute you for what you've done. I don't know a lot of people that would have done that, and you're my hero for the week. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Well, thank you so much. Take care. Let's head on back to the phones. Remember, if you know somebody that you'd like to nominate for the Hero of the Week, here's the the email address, yourvoice at animalradio.com. Yourvoice at animalradio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A little terrier named Millie has been nicknamed Sparky after biting through an electrical cable and surviving a 240-volt shock. Sparky bit through a refrigerator cable and was thrown across the room, and the shock damaged the roof of her mouth, leaving her with severe burns and swollen lips. She was given a 50-50 chance of surviving, but after some antibiotics, having four blackened teeth removed, and some tender loving care, Sparky pulled through. Experts suggest hiding all exposed electrical cords from pets, especially younger dogs and pet rabbits. I'm thinking Sparky's going to be sticking to rawhide from now on. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. All of us here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog behind. This is Animal Radio, baby. Jim, hey Jim, how you doing? Oh, very good. Thank you. What's going on in your world? Well, two things I wanted to say that you never mentioned before, but I'm sure you'll agree with. When I was younger, actually about late 20s, I had this spot in my living room that was a little bare, and I got the idea, you know what would be good there? A parrot. <laughs> so I went out and bought a cockatoo, thinking I'd get a nice cage, put a pretty parrot in it, and it'd be a good decoration. Yeah. Boy, did I learn a lesson. I bet. Man, the attention those things need that I learned over the years. And I bet there's still a lot of people who don't realize, especially a cockatoo. Yeah, and they'll outlive you, too, won't they? Yeah, yeah and, and it's like having a kid. Except they, they don't wanna, go to college. They and... want to be with you all the time. <laughs> At least with the kid, they have a chance of going off and becoming like a football player or a rock star and supporting right. you in your... Yeah, very true, yeah. Have you ever heard of any suggestions to help with a cockatoo as far as the screaming goes? Oh. oh yeah. Oh definitely. And Jim, I'm going to I'm going to chide you on this because a new lamp fills a space in your house, but the pet <laughs> does not. Oh. And, 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 and exactly, as far as um birds, um you know birds are some of the most needy pets out there. You know, they're flock animals, they're social creatures, and if you were to come into my office and say, "Hey doc, I want to get a first bird for me." What species would you pick? Um, I would certainly not say a cockatoo, unless you had a lot of time to spend. Because sure. these guys, they do. They are like, we call them toddlers, because they do yeah. require constant attention, and they really need a lot of social stimulation, or they'll turn into little demons, screaming, picking their feathers out so they look like a pluck pluck chicken and um so they really are not good starter birds to start with a little bird a little parakeet or a cockatiel might be the better beginner bird for someone yeah i learned that lesson 
Yeah. He's learned his lesson, Dr. Dibby. Yeah, he, he off of him. Picking, just like you said, he started picking his feathers and everything. Yeah, well, and I'm not trying to, you know, make him feel bad, but for other people that may be considering birds, we want to learn from, you know, other folks' mistakes. So, you know, right. definitely. Um, now, screaming is, it's a hard thing as far as in a parrot to correct. The better way we can deal with this is to prevent it. Um, so that's going to be a lot of making sure we've picked the right bird for our household and that we're providing the right stimulation. But to correct this, you know, we have to look at what is triggering the bird to uh, vocalize. And when they're screaming, you know, some birds are going to scream no matter what a couple times a day. That's kind of a natural bird behavior. We're not sure. going to stop this completely. Um, the thing is to find out what the bird is motivated, what is causing them to scream. And this can be when a When we leave the room, as long as we're in the room and the bird, but the uh-huh. minute we walk out of the room, he thinks, hey, you get back in here. So, you know, he's just, in, in bird language, what he's doing is he's saying, hey, where you going? A lot of times when birds scream and vocalize excessively, the human instinct is, shut up, quiet, uh-huh. don't know that. And and you are actually responding in a way that actually rewards that behavior if you do that. Because um, right. any attention that you give a bird that screams in the situation, you're actually just feeding that behavior. They're happy you're just acknowledging them. They don't really care what you're saying or your tone where it's loud or quiet. So the, the real big thing there is we need to work on a lot of things environmentally. So a lot of times birds will do this kind of thing also because they're bored and they don't have a lot of other stimulation. So sure. there may be some changes we do in the cage. Um, there's a, a wonderful feeding method called forage feeding where we take away the food bowls and we teach the bird how to forage again like they do in the wild where they pick up the food from the floor and it actually gives them something to do so they don't just sit in a cage and wait for us to entertain them. Um, so that's one incorporation I like to do for a lot of different behavior problems for birds. Um, but what we need to do, just like with dogs that excessively bark, is we have to find those opportunities when, when the bird is quiet to reward her. And yep. we reward with attention. We speak to her, maybe give a food treat. And the trick is when we are vocalizing and screaming inappropriately, when we we don't want that behavior. You don't pay any attention. You don't make eye contact. You don't roll your eyes. You don't sigh. You don't yell at the bird. You can't even acknowledge it because any of that is actually feeding feeding that. Um, gotcha. And it actually can be very helpful for birds that, that scream if we teach them something else to do besides screaming. So um, I have some clients that don't like their birds whistling, but it is something that can take the place of that screaming behavior. So you mm-hmm. start whistling and teaching them a ditty. Um, if they talk, that's an alternate behavior they can't do while they're screaming. screaming. So we really work on that and try to get that together. And, uh, you know, this is something that it can be daunting. <laughs> it can be yeah. more daunting to deal with a bird screaming, I think, than a barking dog. Um, because, right. you know, some species, they're, you know, conures and parrots. It hurts. It literally hurts the ears I at bet. times. I bet. <laughs> yeah. Well, so yeah. the lesson here is is if there's a bare spot in your living room. <laughs> Right. Perhaps not a cockatoo is uh, is the no, answer. No, no, don't don't think you're just getting something that's going to be simple at all. It, it doesn't work like that. Okay, Jim. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Okay, thank Good you luck very with that. much. It's amazing how similar the bird is to you know, to dogs. It's pretty. It's a lot of, it, lot it of similarities amazing. there.
It is. It's all about attention. You know, our pets just want to be with us, and you know. You're smart, Doctor Debbie. You're so smart. Oh, you always. Is this Doctor Debbie time? Can I hear <laughs> no, it? No, it is. I'm, I'm serious, man. You're really smart. <laughs> you know, I want to mention while it is Doctor Debbie time that. Oh, okay. <laughs> your books: Yorkshire Terrier, Shih Tzus, Pugs, and Mini Schnauzers: How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. Very educational. Very fun. A lot of fun facts, and I encourage everybody listening to check them out. You were riveted to them. You I were was. Just, I know. I, I was like, our Doctor Debbie wrote this. You know. A colleague of mine had said that, you know, I'm reading this book and I feel like you're just talking to me. And um, that is truly kind of how I approached it is is really, you know, what am I going to tell my friends? You know, how would I tell my friend who's thinking of getting a pug? What are the good and the bad things you got to know? So that's how it is. Well, there you go. Don't forget, you can download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and BlackBerry and listen to the show anytime you want, as well as ask your questions right from the Animal Radio app. It's a free download. So do it now. Bye-bye. Bye. It's over already. This is Animal Radio Network.